Okay. We're here. We're here. This is our first episode. Hello. How are you feeling? I'm doing well. I'm excited. Maybe a little nervous. We'll see how it goes. I don't think anyone cares. Oh, good. (laughs) How Uh, do you feel? Good. Great. So this is episode zero. Yes. Because animators usually start at zero. There's a big debate about that. That's a debate. Yeah. I I started zero. Let's jump in. Before we jump in, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. So who are we? Yeah. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) Who are we? And- what makes us qualified to even make this podcast? Who is Catherine Tacconi? Oh, I see. And why are you here? Right. So I'm here because I have served as a character animator for probably the last decade in the industry, just to age myself there. Over the last six years since starting Open Pixel, my role has pivoted not just from character animator, but I've added so much more. I've become a motion graphics artist. I've become a project manager um, and I've become a marketer. And, you know, sales executive kind of helping out as entrepreneurs do. But yeah, we've worked on, I, I want to say in my career, I've probably worked on at least uh, a couple hundred projects. So I've seen a lot on the side of like producing very large projects, uh, working on pieces for eight months at a time, all the way down to things that take two weeks. So I've seen a lot of the different management styles over the years of how you manage projects large and small, and all the communication challenges that come in between. You have had large industry experience in other places. You maybe want to talk about that. Yeah, bit. yeah. So I've worked at you know small studios that were. <laughs> I started in a barn a, a while back. A barn, yeah. Mm. Working next to the farm, chickens, and <laughs> you know it, you you come a long way. And then I I made the move out to California, working at places like EA and Toys for Bob. Um, so a very big shift going from like 10 employees to then 90 to 150 to 2000 to all the way back down to open pixel where we had just three. Yeah, right. <laughs> so very different experiences for sure. Very different. Cool. What about you? Yes. So I've had a lot of experience outside of animation. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work at, in the sales department for AT&T. I would do that must sales have been fun. at the height of like right when iPhone was coming out. I had to both teach, explain, and introduce older the older generation and, and younger generation about mm-hmm. what an iPhone was. So a lot of experience there on communicating with people, talking through really complex technologies and, and things like that. I worked at a nonprofit called ABCD. That was a, a very, very short thing, but I worked as a forward-facing person to a, a very specific program there called the, the SummerWorks program. I had to deal with a lot of parents. <laughs> And people yeah. like that. Where else did I work? I mean, I've had some... I think you've told me you've had like 16 different jobs. I've, I've had about 16 to 17 different jobs yeah. in my lifetime. Um, and I'm pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> Not to so, age ourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in terms of animation, so I used to work at Anzivin Studio here in, in Florence, Massachusetts. That was a, uh, a little while ago. I, I was an, an animator there, uh, uh, mostly lighting and compositing. I went to school for lighting and compositing sort of 3D work. Really learned so many different things, but aside from project management, I took on motion graphics and learned a lot around that. And then we started Open Pixel and through Open Pixel we've worked on so many different types of clients. Um we're talking small clients, nonprofits, we're talking large clients, lots of large sort of Fortune 500 companies that would hire agencies, marketing agencies, production companies who who would then hire us. 
So it was like this really big chain of command, depending on on what type of client you were working on. We started this podcast, what's in it? The question I think that inevitably everyone will ask is why are we doing this? What's the point? And so what's in it for the, what's in it for us? Let's, let's go the selfish route. What are we doing? It's, it's always about us, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think for us, it's a, it's an opportunity to be able to, uh, really shine some transparency on what some of the communication challenges that we have are with our both within our own teams and with our clients and how we want to be able to mitigate some of those challenges to be able to basically streamline our process. So what's in it for us is being able to break down cohesively the the work that we do, why we do it and how to navigate just the challenges there. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that internally we have what we call a pains database. And through that database, what we're basically trying to do is address all the pains that come up frequently or, you know, sometimes sporadically, but that are very important across all of our clients. And we work with a lot of different types of clients. So we work with nonprofits, we work with businesses, we work with agencies, marketing agencies, and mm-hmm. and st- sort of strategic agencies and other production studios. So, so across the board, there are these things that are popping up that we keep a track of, keep a log of. And the podcast is really a way for us to explain some of those things at scale, right? We're trying to address these issues at a larger scale. But Um, then, so what's in it for them? What's in it for them? You're asking me. Yeah. (laughs) What's in it for them? Well, hopefully, I think what's going to happen is you're going to learn a little bit more about our process. You're going to learn a little bit more about us, who we are as people. Mm -hmm. But we're hopefully teaching you ways in which to communicate better with the creatives and the marketers on both sides of the aisle. And we can get into that a little bit, but yeah. you're going to learn a lot. That's that's the goal here. So I, I also right. didn't, didn't mention that I've, I have a teaching background as well. Right. And background is a strong word, but I've taught at the college level here, the five colleges. Mm-hmm. I've taught animation, both 2D, 3D, and um, sort of a business and animation course. I would say it's a natural uh, complement to our values because education is kind of at the core of what we want to be able to provide, whether that's education for, you know, future employees, future interns, future clients, you know, ourselves, we want to be able to educate ourselves in a lot of ways. It's the only way to scale. That's true. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. the only way to scale. Yeah. I think we should break down basically the structure of each episode so that you get a sense of what to expect. So the structure basically breaks down by At the very beginning, we're going to give you sort of a summary, description, agenda of what we're going to cover in that episode. We'll have a topic. Uh, We'll have a topic to cover in in particular. We'll go in depth about it. Um, But we're coming at it from two different perspectives. One person is going to play the role of the marketer, uh, saying their perspective, how they think and feel, how they're acting in certain situations. The other person is going to play the role of the creative. We're going to have hopefully pretty enlightening, in-depth discussions and trying to come at it from our own perspectives and our own experiences that that we've seen throughout the projects that we've worked on. Exactly right. So once we go through that, we'll go through each side and then we'll kind of wrap it up with a summary and give you a taste of what's to come for the next episode. Yeah, a little bit more about the episode type. So as you're scrolling through the list of episodes on our, either on Spotify or wherever, you'll see there's a little bit of, of a tag in front of the episode. So BYB stands for before you 
by or before you begin. <laughs> before you begin, yeah. Yeah, either either one. Mm-hmm. Um, before oh, you begin. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the idea is that before you get into something, you should learn this before you you purchase any animation. Mm-hmm. AMAs. Obviously, we're going to be running AMAs with some community building exercises that will have people come in, talk with us, ask us things that they might want to know. Just um, for reference, there, in case somebody doesn't know, AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. Just throwing that out. I don't know who wouldn't know that, but the ama- I want to provide, especially because we might get into acronyms in the future. That's true. We should always define acronyms. You never <laughs> want to confuse that with the American Manufacturing Association. Or the American Marketing Association. Oh. Yeah. Hey, See, there's a lot. There's always a lot. <laughs> uh, there's also hacks. Hacks are really short episodes where we're talking about really quick solutions to really common problems. Yeah. Tips and tricks. And then one-on-one, we'll have interviews. We're going to try to find, uh, we have some people lined up already, but we're going to try to find more of our clients who will come on, talk to us, talk through some of the issues that they usually have on either side. So sometimes it's a creative person, sometimes it's a marketing person. One thing we should do is kind of describe marketing and creative. We we kind of throw those words around, but we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we explain what, how we're thinking about those two roles. Yeah. So let's go with marketing first because that's easy. Yeah. So when we talk about marketing and when we take the role of a marketer in this case, we are referring to any marketing and communication professionals who are working at either firms or agencies or nonprofits or businesses. Um, and they either have already or they're looking to utilize animation for their businesses. And in their campaigns. So it's important to think about the marketer as just a communication professional. I mean, almost always, I think originally it was called communications and then it moved into this idea of marketing. Right. So if you're in the the nonprofit space, you're probably going to be a communications person almost always. They don't usually call it uh, a marketing person. If you're inside of a business or a firm, you're a marketing person for the firm. But if you're inside of a marketing agency that does marketing for particular businesses, then you're probably within that all kinds of different roles. So you can be a marketing professional, you can be an analyst, you can be someone uh, in there, but you sh- everyone who's in that world should benefit in some way from this podcast. Yeah. And we're always going to be talking about, I'll put this right in the middle, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about this through the lens of animation because animation is inherently a collaborative medium. Always. Collaborative medium. You can hire one person to do everything and that is fine. Mm -hmm. But if you have the collaboration there, your pieces are 100% going to be much better than anything else that one person could do on their own. We'll get into that um, about how they collaborate, but it's designers, it's sound people, it's voiceover people, it's animators, it's project managers. Right. All of these different roles. Yeah, because I can even acknowledge just like even if you are working with one person, the collaboration can come through in the stages of development, in the communication. So it is required no matter what you're doing on a project. <laughs> true, true, true. Okay. And then so we we toss around the word creative yeah. a lot. And sometimes <laughs> that can get confusing. Yeah. it's Especially nowadays, it's a very broad term. Oh my God. Right. It can encompass yeah. so many different types of people. But for so the how, sake how of the we, podcast, yeah. How do we yeah. define it? Yeah. So for us, it's basically all of the roles that specifically go into animation content creation. So for us, that means it's the animators, graphic designers, motion graphic artists, the rigging artists, the character designers. There's tons of roles out there. Which is why we we sort of encompass it under creatives. Yeah. The creative person, creative in, in a marketing firm and an agency they're usually calling the creative the piece of content. 
It's the thing that they're looking at. And so I, I just want to twist that just a little bit in your mind mm-hmm. so that you're thinking about the person instead of the work for this podcast. Because most, most often we're going to be talking about the person. Yeah. And we'll do our best to keep that in check as we go through. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that can also, I just want to acknowledge too, that that can also mean on the creative side, we're talking about the leadership within a creative project. So that's creative directors, True. project managers on the animation production side, because there are project managers on the marketing side. So that's just something to keep in mind. We'll try to do our best to make sure that we're very clear about who we're referring to in each each point of view. Cool. So this first episode, we're talking about the marketing and creative gap. Yes. The gap between marketing and creative. And again, we're talking about it from those roles, the people who are doing the communication, maybe buying the creative content from someone who's actually making the creative content. And there's a gap there. I've seen a lot of stuff come in the form of tutorials and classes and courses at universities and all of these different ways to learn both of these these crafts, right? So there's the creative side of learning. So you're, you're doing... Maybe you're working in Maya or After Effects or, you know, all these sort of tools, new tools. Marketers are starting to become more creative mm-hmm. and they're getting they're getting allotted these like other responsibilities. Yes. And I'm saying that really <laughs> on top nicely. of their busy <laughs> on top of the busy schedule they already have. Yeah. And yeah. so now they're having to do sort of Figma work or um, what's the other one? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe they're not winning that much. Anyway. The power of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of marketers are being asked to be more creative with their content. They're either, you know, being pushed to learn some animated stuff. They're they're given some templates to use to to make some more creative stuff. So they're starting to move more towards creating content. Mm-hmm. And and you got the marketer over here who's like really trying to do all the analytics and thinking about the psychology around the product and the person and how am I going to communicate this particular message to that person in the right tone, in the right way. And like there's these two elements and I think there's this huge gap that we can start to address. Yeah, we should get, I think we can specifically address it through a problem that comes across, which is pretty uh, straightforward across the board. I think a lot of people will hopefully resonate with that because we've experienced it ourselves. So let's say you as a creative, if you're taking the role of the creative here, Will. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. So you as a creative, you're you're going to be presenting some work. Uh, you present it to your internal boss. Maybe that's your creative director, let's say. Sure. Uh, you go back and forth through different changes or revisions as needed or... Bring on that feedback. Yeah. Or the best day ever when they're like, that's perfect. Just No notes. No notes. No notes. <laughs> Push it through. Ah, uh, yeah. what a day. Um, yeah. So then... Uh, it gets approved by the creative director. Creative director says, okay, we're ready to take it to the client. Yeah. And the take client. Take it upstairs. Yeah. Right. You use we, the term I upstairs. Use the ter- I use the term, take it upstairs. Why anytime, don't you explain what that means? Yeah. Yes. Anytime someone takes your work, takes it to another person who's above them, gets approval, goes further up probably mm-hmm. maybe to another person, gets approval, goes to legal gets approval. That's go every single step up there. That's another floor in or another the cycle, stair. Another yeah. Stair. Yeah. So yeah. Going upstairs. Uh, cool. Take, take it upstairs. <laughs> but then of course what happens is that the client will probably come back with changes. Comes back down with all these bunch of red marks. You thought it was done. Mm-hmm. It's Friday night. You have Friday night plans and now you're screwed because you can't you got to stay. You got to stay and you got to fix it because oh, we are on deadline. You hate to see that. You hate to see it. And yeah. so what do you do? You're going to miss 
Avatar, the last uh, water way. What's it? The last waterway. Last waterway. I think that's what it's called, I'm right? Sure that's, that's what it's called. We'll check it on the internet the later and make waterway. sure it's yeah. totally the right name. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's typically what's happening, and there's a lot that's happening within there in terms so of much. communication and all. We these. can't cover it in this podcast. No. Not not in this episode. Well, yeah. We're going to cover it in the podcast. Episodes to come. Different places, but yeah. But right. So that's a, a challenge on the creative side yeah. is is working through those changes and having it affect and impact them in a way that. Maybe they weren't expecting for. Right. And, and so from the marketer's perspective, yeah. what do you hear? What do you, what do you experience when you get the creative? Yeah. Hear? So when I get creative, uh, whether it's myself looking at it and making changes or whether my like superiors are making changes, I'm typically getting from our perspective, like really reasonable requests that we have, right. maybe because we're thinking about it from a, a certain graphic or a certain icon not matching the right branding that we're going for or something that needs to be changed because the tone has changed or there's a direction shift happening in either the world or in the campaign, or there's a lot of different places that the perspective of my change can be coming from. So, yeah. yeah. What, what also happens upstairs is that you have a bunch of people, CEOs, CMOs, VPs of marketing, you have all of these eyeballs on your work. Mm -hmm. as, as a marketer, you have it on the strategy side. How are you targeting our customers? What's the return? How much are you spending? Yeah. You know, that all, all those metrics. But there's the creative part of it, which they're judging kind of your outcomes on in a way, right? So you get yeah, that. but basing it through our own lens, right? Wanting to make sure that it's it's the best piece we can possibly make for the audience that we're targeting, which means that typically, as a marketer, I might not have as much awareness or understanding about how my change that I'm requesting that seems reasonable to me might be impacting the creatives work that they're doing, right. And not just the work, but the human who's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I might not realize that it's going to impact yeah. their Friday plans because yeah. in my head it's, oh, that's that, you know, change out that character. That's super quick, right? Yeah. yeah super fast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, you know, there's another layer where we have to provide feedback really quickly while having that limited understanding of what's going into the process. And sometimes that's in our control. Sometimes that's out of our control. And Quite honestly, me as a marketer, I don't have time to learn every single thing that you do and understand like why you're doing it or I I don't even know how to how to speak animation in that way. Yeah. But you have all this stuff to learn. I mean, I'm pick I've picked up I don't know if you know this, I've picked up the recorder. Oh, have you? Yes. Oh, I'm interesting. Learning how to play the recorder. So you can join my Dungeons and Dragons campaign where as let me let me just say, as a bard, <laughs> anytime you have the opportunity to bust out a recorder. I think you lost them at D&D. No, <laughs> we're nerds. Come on. <laughs> yes, recorders are great. Uh huh. Very yeah. silly. So neither side <laughs> is expected to learn these things. I think the creative side, you're not expected to learn all the strategy. You didn't go to school for strategy. You went to school to express yourself and, um, you know, learn how to hone a tool or maybe a few tools. Some of the people working on the creative side are doing like self-taught learning stuff all the time. Like you're learning new skills all the time on the marketing side. You're probably really into numbers and psychology and, and figuring out business and spreadsheets. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's really time for both sides of the table here to kind of understand that 
the other side might not really understand what you're doing or why you're no doing one it. No knows what the heck anyone's doing. I think that's, <laughs> At all I think points that's in time. That's what we're trying to get to. No yeah. one really knows how the marketers do their work and marketers don't agree about <laughs> how to do the right work. And a bunch of creatives also don't agree on because on both the right sides, there's so many different ways to teach creative and to teach marketing. So like many ways to teach animation. So yeah, many ways to teach. Think about all the, the different acronyms within yeah. animation or oh within God. marketing. There's yeah. so many. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's all okay. I want to. Yeah. Let's put that on the table. That that's fine. That yeah. that we don't know. And let's just sit with that for a moment. <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> so one of the things I think is creatives we do not do enough. Mm. is that we, I want to talk directly to my audience here. <laughs> Creatives are not good at explaining what they're doing to a marketer, to a strategy person, to a communications person. They're not, we're not doing a good enough job at explaining what changes can and can't happen. Now, that's a broad statement. It might be that you as a creative have a really good process and you know exactly what to say and how to say it and so that everyone on the other side understands what can and can't be changed. But... For the most part, I think, broadly speaking, we just don't do that good of a job Well, because we it's complex. It, yeah. It's really complex. But you can also take it from the, if you think about it for a second as a creative, like I can probably think back to all the different times that I've gotten like just really unclear, unfocused, kind of crazy feedback crazy over feedback. the years. And I think that came down to me not being able to explain what constitutes you crazy know, feedback? What's crazy, crazy feedback? Right, right. Yeah. What's the worst feedback you've gotten? Well, I don't want to say the worst feedback, but some mm -hmm. feedback that I've gotten was like unclear in terms of can you make this look cooler? And so what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about physically colder? Like now it's going to be a winter scene instead of a, a fall scene. Are you talking about cooler in color? And, you no, know, we need explosions. Right. Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. Which Michael Bay I'm going to I'm going to hit a side note for that for later for my opinion about Michael something Bay. Michael Bay should be doing. So oh, we'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> Stay tuned for Michael <laughs> Bay opinions. Exactly. Right. But yeah, basically, it's the idea that. Um, yeah. And we'd love to hear from any creatives about confusing or crazy yeah, feedback that they've your, gotten what, over the years. What kind of crazy feedback have you gotten? Yeah. If you're on YouTube. So our podcast is also on you know, yeah, feel free everywhere to leave a you comment. get your podcast, but also in, on YouTube, we're, we're doing this as a YouTube video and channel. Mm -hmm. Leave it in the comments. Yes. Leave it in the comments. Thank you. Cool. Okay. So what kind of feedback do you need to empower you to make the best creative that you can? So I'm, I'm stating that as a sort of rhetor rhetorical yeah, yeah. question, because I think that's what you want to do mm -hmm. as a marketing or a strategy person. You want to give the feedback that will allow your creative to resonate and create the things that they want to make. Mm -hmm. What's what's do you have a particular feedback style? Yeah. So if I'm switching off marketer and I'm stating as a creative right mm -hmm. now, um, my feedback style has always been like I prefer to be like just even even the slightest acknowledgement for the work that has been put in to get to that point of like compliment. You, know, you want to compliment. It's kind of like that. It's kind of a it doesn't have to be sometimes, but like it really starts with that. I need the acknowledgement and maybe appreciation of like. I see what, what you did to get to this point. Yeah. I just need that first. Then you can rip it that apart. That is not me at all. <laughs> I want you to rip me a new one every single day every single time <laughs> because I don't want to, I want to get to it. What's the, what's the issue? Right. What do you want me to do? I actually want you to be more assertive mm -hmm. and don't ask me any questions in your feedback. Questions yeah. aren't feedback. They're right. Questions. And so that adds a layer yeah. of complexity yeah. on, on the market. Because you're just side. trying to be nice. You're really just yeah. trying to be nice. 
you're asking a question to be nice. What you really want to say is, do this. <laughs> do <laughs> for this for you though, right? I so don't know. I, it's I, interesting. I want to guess that the, uh, a strategy person, a marketing person, someone who's in that chair almost always has a very specific way of doing right. things. Right. So, and so you should also comment me. about your feedback styles because we'd love to know what you Please prefer. Please tell us what your yeah. feedback style yeah. is. That would be great. But yeah. So on, I want to say on, on the marketer side here that we have to remember that the marketers are typically under a lot of pressure. These always. days. These yeah. days, for sure. Yeah. They're always under immense pressure to create and produce the outcomes that they need to produce for either their business or their clients. That's right. Right. And so we're kind of as marketers, we're not understanding the complexity of what's going into that creative and what goes into what constitutes a small change versus a large change and even how to just talk from that perspective of creative because I'm I'm always thinking about it from the side of strategy, how this is going to benefit my end client or how this is going to benefit right. the target audience. Does yeah. it make sense? Does and it resonate? You might know the basics. So like fonts right, right and brand color and mm -hmm. whether or not those, those are in the right place. Yeah. But what happens when they talk about like follow through? Right. Or, it's hard for me as a marketer to say like, I, I can tell when something maybe feels wrong, yeah. but I'm not sure if the way that I'm giving the feedback is going to accurately get to the thing that I'm trying to get to. Especially in animation. Yeah. Right? Because our eyes are so in tune to motion. Mm -hmm. We see it every day. We understand what it feels like. Yeah. Your eyes will not lie to you. <laughs> like, oh, that, that doesn't feel quite. Yeah. And we'll get into that a lot to, for sure. Because yeah. the idea, like, I, I, I think we can both agree that we as like, as owners and as, uh, you know, creatives, we would be like blown away if a marketer came to us and was like, you know, the follow through and overlap in this particular area at frame that 45 isn't resonating. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's amazing. So but, you know, I don't expect that. That's well, kind of that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to teach you a little bit. All the things that you kind of really need to know to communicate. That's all. Yeah. You don't need to learn the entire the right. So to kind of like summarize what the main problem here is, the the marketing creative gap that we're talking about is really miscommunication and a lack of education on both sides to understand each other's processes and what actually matters to them when we're both looking at the same piece. Yeah. Yeah. And and under the same emotional sort of stresses, under pressure, yeah. short on time. <laughs> need to Maybe it's for different reasons, right. but yeah. 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 So what happens when we start closing this gap? It's a good question. So do you mind the gap? You have to mind the gap. Uh-huh. <laughs> mind the gap. Right. I went to London for three months. I studied mm -hmm. in London. There you go. I yeah. was always minding the gap. You have to. You don't want to be in a situation where you're on your phone and then you slip through the crack of you the- You never want to slip through the crack. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just realized how this sounded. <laughs> Okay, great. So yes, Moving how on. do we mind the gap? <laughs> so on the marketer side, um, I think it's important to start to understand the parts of the creative process that are that matter the most to us. Um, and really just from a, a broad perspective, just to be able to communicate it a little bit more clearly, to understand what goes into that creative content. So you can kind of be ahead of the game at, you know, at a production standpoint, knowing that something might constitute a big change, you can plan ahead for that and yeah. say, okay, I know that they're going to need more time. So maybe we need to like 
push the schedule a little further yeah. or we need to like rain rain it back a little bit it's it's almost like a, a vetting process a little bit and, and and there are some great marketing and communications professionals out there who do have this experience who oh have yeah been really who've worked with us who who really understand that, that yeah difference yeah so basically it's it's trying to reduce uh our ultimate goal is to try to reduce the conflicts in the production schedule within our internal teams within your teams um with each other that will also hopefully help to reduce the amount of feedback time that that takes, which will therefore increase your ROI on your creative efforts. Your ROI? Do yeah. Do you mean the region of interest? No, that's a, that's a math thing. <laughs> <laughs> or release of information if you're in the medical field. See, we're getting again into, there's so many acronyms. Yeah. So remember, ROI for creative. Return. Return that's a lesson on investment for, for the creatives. Yeah. It's return on investment. Yes. Most people know that these days. That's true. Yeah. Everyone's an entrepreneur these days. Yeah. But yeah, so how can creatives get a little bit closer to the gap? So yeah, so in the podcast, we're going to try to close the gap for creatives so that they learn a little bit more about how marketers think, what strategies go into some of the marketing things that that they do that include creative content. You know, we're talking about campaigns and things like that. I'm trying to explain so that you get a better understanding on how that strategy fits into the larger business structure so that you understand where some of those changes come from. A lot of creatives kind of think through their creative choices I'm going to make. And sometimes you don't think how those creative choices affect the future and, and sure. where the business is thinking about it. You're going to learn, hopefully, how to create work with the business perspective in mind. That's kind of it. <laughs> Gain a deeper understanding about what's important to audiences and what's important to business owners and what's important to customers. And I think those are two different things. What's important to me as an artist is not the same as what's important to the audience that a, co that a company is trying to speak to right. or that a nonprofit is trying to push forward. It varies across organizations. Yeah. And then the other part of it is hopefully we're going to give you a better sense of how to internally structure your work to think about the future changes that may come. And yeah. I think a lot of creatives, sort of when they're starting out in their career, they don't think about future changes in mind. And right. so they don't build the creative in a way that actually allows that to happen. So, right. Or to be able to even like hand it off to another creative when that time comes. Also. The yeah, amount of times in my career that I've seen like, you know, I've opened up a file and all the yeah. layers are layered or are named layer one, layer, layer two, layer, yeah. <laughs> layer yeah. copy, 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 copy. Yeah. Final, final, final. Exactly. Underscore one. Yeah. We, we got, we can do better. Well, let's do better. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully the podcast will address some of these issues in future episodes. The problems are all over the place. So yeah. we're not going to tackle all of them. We're just going to tackle the ones that we've experienced and talk through, through our experiences. And hopefully right. from through, that animation lens, through the community building, we'll hopefully get some more insight on, on these types of problems. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think our ultimate goal is to be able to provide some empathy for the people that you're working with on a day-to-day -day basis to understand what it is that they need, why they need it, and to just come at it from a more human perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I think the the responsibility lies on both sides to solve the problem. Absolutely. Right? We can't just it's very easy to put like blame on one side versus it's another. Your fault. The creative's wrong. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, it's your fault. You didn't give me brand guidelines. <laughs> Your guidelines are dumb. You didn't give me source files. There's a whole sort of thing. Yeah, whole yeah. So I think it's really 
in order to actually solve it, it requires taking the time to listen to each other's perspectives, which hopefully you're going to get to hear both sides of it Absolutely. from this podcast. Oh, here's the tease. Yeah. That's what I was trying to do. I was <laughs> trying just, to do the tease. I, I like the idea of in the podcast, we just say, oh, here's the tease. Here's the tease. Yeah. Humans. Here's the tease. The tease for the next episode is... <laughs> We'll talk about how businesses could best use animation and how the medium has already changed our lives. Yes. And I want to make sure before we close out the episode. Yes. I may. This is why I brought a notebook. Oh, yeah. I've written two words. It's Michael Bay. So let's make sure (laughs) that Michael Bay is addressed. Uh, The one thing that I wanted to say about Michael Bay Uh is that I I truly believe and I will stand by this statement Uh for the rest of my life that whenever the Olympics comes to America, Michael Bay should direct it. Think about what that would look like. There's going to be monster trucks flying across the stadium with like explosions everywhere, fireworks. It's going to be crazy. I don't know who's It's going to transform into a different vehicle. You are on a roll. Yeah. Oh, I could go on this for days. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Bay, think of Olympics in the U.S. for your next project. Yeah. Somebody sign the check for him. (laughs) Someone give it to Michael Bay. Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Well, with that, we want you all to know, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you First off, uh, we do want to say that this episode is produced by E-Media. E-Media. It is a creative production community space in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Uh, We've been loving it so far. If you can, for those who are, for anyone who is watching this as opposed to listening, uh, you'll be able to see the space right here. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. We're, we're very happy with very it. Very happy. Um, Thank so, you yeah. to Jackson Foot for yes. producing the podcast yeah. and the YouTube channel. All yeah. of it, really. He's yeah. been very helpful. Absolutely. And yeah, with with that, uh, I think it's time. Oh my God. It's time to say our little catchphrase. <laughs> and with that, stay honest. Stay creative. Stay open. Ugh. Okay. You get you'll We're, get through we'll it. We'll have to talk about it. <laughs>right so this is the part of the segment that we didn't talk about a little bonus uh at the end here one thing that our company does at the end of every meeting that we have this is just for the podcast yeah we're not not putting this on youtube oh sure this is exclusively for the podcast (laughs) excitement um yes so one thing that we do is we always try to pitch silly we call them bad, bad. <laughs> but bad company ideas to Terrible each other. To uh, usually their purpose is to solve a problem that doesn't need fixing uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every episode mm-hmm. at the end, mm-hmm. we're going to give you a little taste of what kinds of silly ideas we've come up with over mm-hmm. the years. Uh, we have a lot. <laughs> so so we wanted to share them with you. Uh, feel free, especially if you're creative, if you want to draw what the idea looks like. That'd be awesome. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. That's a challenge. Because we wanted to animate them at some point. The podcast, yeah. You're at the end of the podcast. Yeah. And you want to draw one of these things, <laughs> please do so. Yeah. We will put them up somewhere. Absolutely. It'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll do it for April Fool's. We yeah. So let's talk about the first bad idea. Okay. Uh, so it is a great, great product that I have for you today. Uh-huh. Uh, it is called the tissue issue. Oh, boy. Okay. The tissue issue. Yeah, let's let's talk about the problem, mm-hmm. right? The problem at hand is that sometimes when you go to wash your clothes, sometimes people—I'm not saying who, not 
definitely not me, <laughs> uh-huh. but some people will uh, leave tissues in their pockets. And when you wash your clothes, sometimes the tissues get everywhere. And All it's not to place. say just tissues, right? There's sometimes someone will leave a pen and the, the pen will leak. Sometimes oh, yeah, the yeah. you'll leave your car keys or your, your AirPods. Your AirPods. That AirPods has definitely happened they before. Actually, they do survive the wash. It's pretty crazy. That's, that is crazy. Only if you dry them. Right. But fine. tissues are not waterproof, no, un- unfortunately. <laughs> so well, oh, that could be another idea. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but basically... The idea is that this is a washing machine uh-huh. that has uh, fake patent pending uh, technology. Patent pending. Patent, definitely patent, patent pending. pending. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is an x-ray machine built into the washing machine. And it's a smart washing machine, of course. So it's wireless and connects via Bluetooth With to your x-ray. phone. Yeah. Yeah. And so what it will do is when you put in the clothes, it will analyze your laundry and it will detect it'll look into your pockets it will look into your pockets and, and it will detect if there are any tissues uh-huh. or any things and it will notify you before you hit wash on your bluetooth device correct Alexa you'll get a notification say, on your phone or something yeah. that says watch out Catherine, tissue issue <laughs> you have a tissue there's issue there's tissues in yeah. your pockets Did it's you an want issue me to remove them yeah yeah <laughs> Well, it can't remove them for you. Oh. That's that's a whole... Please go down to the laundry room. Yes, yes. <laughs> and tend to your laundry. Exactly. Got it. It's basically a reminder to, to do your chores correctly. <laughs> get better at laundry? No, nonsense. <laughs> we don't have time. We're too busy, you know, doing do other, doing creative. And like, <laughs> so the tissue issue... This podcast coming is sponsored to a, by the tissue issue. Yeah. The one-stop shop for... Uh, Doing, do doing your better la- laundry. Do your laundry better yeah. with the tissue issue. Yeah. I don't know. We have to come up with sponsorship. That's things. true. Yeah. Right. This episode is fakely sponsored by the, the tissue, tissue issue. issue. Yeah. A fake product that helps you to do your laundry better by detecting tissues within your laundry. Please sponsor this podcast if you're a real sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.